0: Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Seven minutes after 9 o'clock and uh, coming up at 10.30, uh, we are going to have Jennifer Bukowski on. She wants to talk about Blaine Lutkemeyer's big announcement. Uh, and she says, Columbia, Missouri got screwed on redistricting. And uh, then she wants to know who's going to jump in the ring uh, to be our next incumbent congressperson. I don't understand the language there, Brian. Do you? Who's going to be our next incumbent I have it no would idea. have to be the. Uh, well, anyway. Uh, also, a math teacher, Haley uh, Nichols Clifton Carmack, apparently charged with rape because she had sex with a 16 year old. And I don't know if you read the story, but the father, he, he was good with it. Uh-oh. Oh, why? Yeah, I, I had sister Miriam Therese, uh, brother Yaks. Uh, I didn't have any high school teachers that looked like this, much less willing to teach biology that way. <laughs> uh but we'll uh, we'll chat with her about that and a whole host of other stories uh, including uh, advocates getting enough signatures to put abortion rights on the Florida ballot. Interesting. We um if if you watch Fox News and I guess I watch them a little more than anybody else every once in a while I'll I'll go to um, one of the other conservative stations or networks rather. Um and, uh, and MSNBC and the like. But if you watch Fox News, I mean, there's not a day that goes by they don't talk about these people coming streaming across the border from Mexico. And I've already pointed out, unless you're a brand new listener, you know that Democrats and Republicans are never going to solve the problem. Uh, they've created the problem uh, mostly by the Democrats, uh, but the Republicans have helped. They've created this problem, and they can't, they can't fix it because they won't admit that it is their laws that created the problem. But the administration, in an attempt to get this issue under control, uh, went down to Mexico to talk with the Mexican president, uh, Manuel Lopez Obrador, to see if if he would help. Now, imagine you're Mexico, and these people are coming up from South America, and uh, they're going to be a burden on your country. Wouldn't you just let them right on through? You know what? You're going to be a burden if you stay here. Go on up to the United States, because that's what he's been doing. Yeah, they're letting people in free. <laughs> yeah, keep heading that way. Yes, uh, here you want a train ride? Hop on board. Well, he is now willing uh, to help the administration. Uh, that uh, that lengthy uh, confab that they had it apparently has uh, has garnered some results, and he is now willing. To help stop this um train wreck at the, at the border. uh and it isn't gonna it's not gonna be terrible uh all he wants is twenty billion dollars uh work permits for ten million Hispanics uh he wants us to drop the embargo against Cuba um and then he'll help. what a nice guy, yeah um. It, it's uh, a little expensive you know uh, oh we can afford that 20 billion de- yeah we're only you know uh 24 trillion in debt what's 34 another 20, trillion 34 trillion in debt what's another uh, another 20 billion dollars on top of that to Latin American and Caribbean countries and then uh, grant work visas uh, to 10 million Hispanics uh that have worked in the United States for at least 10 years and then they have to end sanctions against Venezuela and halt the blockade of Cuba, and he is on board at that point. Wow, surprisingly, except for the twenty billion dollars i'm i 'm not opposed to a lot of what he wants uh, i 'm not not i 'm not at all in in that corner for the twenty billion, but um, letting people come in this country that want to work these are people. They won't work visas not because they want to steal, but because they want to work. I'm I'm in favor of that. Let them come here and work. And sanctions against Venezuela and the blockade of Cuba. First, the the blockade against Cuba. It, it has never been particularly effective at changing their minds. Fidel Castro for all the decades that he ruled. This this didn't hurt him because other countries were trading with Cuba. What it did allow him to do is blame the United States for the failure of socialism. Oh, we'd be much better off. But the United States is, you know, stopping us from trading. And that's what's hurting the economy. Not communism, not socialism. No, no. The United States. And did it work? I mean, from the early 1960s until today, did it change? Did it get rid of the communists? No. So, forget the embargo. Give us someplace new to sell our goods. Send a lot of Americans down there so that the Cubans can see what free market living is like. You know, you, you see all these people, and by the way, other countries do this. They're, they're Canadians go down there all the time. Why? Why can't we? What, what? How is it that we're not allowed to go down there? And by the way, where in the Constitution does that give them the power? I'm I'm looking through my copy here, Brian. I it's I, in the uh, good old Good and Welfare clause. Good and Welfare clause. Yeah, oh, I see. Um you can use that for anything really. It's it pretty much a catch-all. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so I am I'm, I'm really not opposed to much of this, but I am opposed to the 20 billion dollars. And of course, he is literally blackmailing the president. Now, increasingly, and I understand I I just saw a report last week I was reading that in blue states one of the number one things they look, they're looking up is uh Illegal immigration. Apparently, uh, the major search engines keep track of what people search for, and in blue states, this is climbing uh, and and really fast. Uh, searching out answers to how many people and and what's going out the border. So this is even if it's not Fox News, people are starting to wake up to the fact that we got all these people streaming across the border. So Biden has to do something, or at least appear to be doing something. Now, the question is, is he willing to give up $20 billion of your dollars in order to perhaps take this issue away as a problem in the coming election? If it were just $20 billion, I would say yes. I, I would say yes. But I don't think he's going to admit that, uh, you know, the embargo and the work permits. I just don't see it happening. 874-9390. The toll-free number is 800-529-5572. You can go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message, uh, and it will pop up in studio. Uh, negotiations, uh, they they write, came at a critical time for Biden, whose polling numbers on illegal immigration have been low throughout his presidency. Uh, We've suffered... Uh, a surge of migrants at the border this fall, uh, roughly a quarter of a million monthly migrants, actually 240,000 rounded up, 250,000, a quarter mil, um, every month. If they were here to work and not suck on the government teat, I'd be good with
1: it. Tom, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a question, as I'm not real well versed uh, on the embargo with uh, Cuba but isn't that a kind of a catch-22 when you stop and think about the fact that uh, we've opened trade up with China, and where has that gotten us?: If you understand what I'm saying that we've empowered them to do other things uh, openly and nefariously. so Well, first case,
0: Tom, countries, countries don't trade. people trade. Uh, And if uh, you can get these uh, goods for a reasonable price, reasonable quality, uh, that represent to you a good value, you should be able to do it no matter where it's made. Federal government shouldn't be able to step in there and prevent that from happening. But let's look at what all we've done with Cuba is give them the weaponry to blame the failure of socialism on the United States' unwillingness to do trade with them. Instead of saying in Cuba gee, the rest of the world is doing fine, they're saying we could be doing fine except for the United States and their embargo. We're giving them an excuse for their own failure.
1: Stop it. Well, I understand that argument, but i uh, just trying to play devil's advocate here. Uh, we've seen the results on the other side, uh, meaning that uh, Russia... China, North Korea.
0: Um, We're not doing any trade with North Korea.
1: Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, But the the big two there uh, continue to, uh, and and particularly China, more than anybody else. Yeah,
0: let's let's rule out Russia, too, because doing trade with Russia uh, hasn't led to uh, a whole hill of beans. China, you might argue, has been uh, a bit of a, a bit of a problem, but why? what is it that the trade has to do with what China yeah.
1: is up to well your, your point of people make do commit to trade and not governments yes uh, that, you know that sounds good, but we both know that they can tax the hell out of any any trade that there is for their own benefit. The government. You're talking so, about the
0: United States or China.
1: I'm talking about uh, any government, um, particularly the communists, um, can can uh, restrict their own trade or take some off the top, and you never know where the money's going. And that's it's just not my business to know where the money
0: is going in china they if you I'm put sorry? a tariff if you put a, a tariff on a product and and this is what President Trump did, and this was a mistake. you start putting tariffs on on uh, products, and what you do is you uh, you hurt the people in your own country. you hurt uh, uh, people here because it's a tax that that we have to pay uh, that the more money we spend on those taxes the less money we have to spend on other goods and services or to save, if that's what we choose to do.
1: Well, on the flip side, um, you don't have to spend the type of money for security that you would otherwise. Uh, what is security? What's so, uh, security? National security. I mean, You're the talking communists about- are benefiting from from the trade, are they not?
0: Uh, everybody is benefiting from the trade. We are, and so are they. But this has that that benefit has nothing to do with them stealing uh, technology and hacking into government websites. That those two are separate issues.
1: Understood. Uh, you know, I'm kind of losing my point here, but you've been kind and gracious to listen to me. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Uh, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. It,
0: it, there's no doubt in my mind that communist China... Well, you know what? I'm up against the clock. Let me, uh, let me do this on the other side, okay? Uh, it's the Gary Nolan Show, and it's the Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 23 minutes after 9 o'clock. Uh, I'm just going to go over the whole trade thing and see if I can clarify some of this. When, whenever you put a tariff on imported goods, you drive up the price of those goods. And it's especially devastating if you're trying to protect a certain group of workers. And we've done studies, there are all kinds of studies available about um, the most recent trade war that we had uh, under President Trump. And how, well, it helped, for instance, the steel industry, it literally hurt everybody else further down the line. People who make products here out of steel they uh, they suffered because the prices were were higher for their goods so that's uh, you know that's the downside to this um, the problem with China isn't that we're trading with them the problem with China is they're communists and as such uh they will steal they'll do it just look at progressives here in this country uh, and then put them on uh, you know vitamins because uh, that's the difference between communism and progressivism they will do whatever it takes to get what they want but that has nothing to do with trade if if you raise uh, uh taxes on imported goods you're simply leaving me with less money in my pocket because i i'm the one who pays it communist china is not paying the tariff I am when I buy the product. So you're taking money out of my pocket that I might use to buy another product or go to lunch or, you know, invest in retirement. Uh, and as far as Cuba is concerned, we've been doing this since the 1960s. I I think it's 1962, but I'm not entirely sure. Since 1962, we've embargoed trade with Cuba, how has it helped? What has it accomplished? Did it drive Castro's out of the country? Did it awaken the Cubans to how awful communism is? Did nothing. What it did for Fidel Castro and the communists is give them something to hide behind. Oh, those nasty Americans, they have embargoed us. And and the truth is, the embargo hasn't hurt them very much at all, if at all, because other countries were still trading with them, even though they weren't supposed to be. Remember what I always say about treaties, they're not worth the paper they're written on. Other countries that weren't supposed to trade with Cuba have been. They're not all driving 1957 Chevys down there. They've got new cars. Hard to get, because, well, communism. But there are cars being imported there all the time so end it uh i th- I think uh I think we should do that. I think we should let people come into the country that want to work. You want to come here? Uh, we ought to find a way uh, it, and and I'm opposed to the welfare state because that's the the big problem. The big problem is the welfare state. It used to be you just you'd just come here and go to work. You'd have family, friends, and community that would support you till you got on your feet and you'd work hard, and then you would teach that lesson to your children that if you work hard, you can, uh, you'll be successful. Uh, you'll have a lot of money. You won't have to do what I'm doing. You won't have to scrub floors. You'll be able to do whatever you know, float your boat. Uh, and th- those people are generally very, very successful, or they were. Now, of course, uh, we're telling people, uh, well, you'll have to wait 10 years. You can't come here unless your life is in danger in the country you live in. And then they break into the country, and the next thing you know it, we're giving them health care. We're giving them food. We're housing them. We're clothing them. They're giving them medical attention. And everybody's sitting around going, I wonder why this is such a problem. Now, granted, President Trump did a better job trying to control this than uh, than Joe Biden did. But it was still a problem and it will continue to be a problem. It won't stop being a problem. So, you know, what's the solution? Well, the solution is to get the Democrats, especially the Democrats, but the Republicans out of office because they aren't going to fix it. They are never going to, this problem will continue. Oh, there will be reports that it's slowed up considerably, but they're going to come through, and that wall, I don't care how long they build that wall, it isn't ultimately going to stop them. They'll take those battery-powered sawzalls and cut right through the bars, they're already doing that, and people will slip right in. And then they've got this other tactic they use. This is how they get uh, drugs into the country. They they tunnel. They'll find a house not too far from the border. And don't forget, because of the you know drugs are illegal, there's a lot of profit in it. And if it costs them a couple of million dollars to tunnel under the border and come up in a house in Texas, they'll do it because it's worth billions of dollars when it's done. Now, the the real solutions, neither party will engage in. But what is going on now is absolutely untenable. Absolutely untenable. So, trade with Cuba, end it. All right, listen, in the next segment of the program, uh, I believe... uh, Let's see, where are we at here, Brian? Do we have... uh, uh, Bill Eigel, I was going to say Greitens. I don't know why. Uh, oh, I, was going to, I don't, don't know. think that would be a good idea for you yeah. to introduce him as year. No, right. no, I don't yeah, think I so either. And, and he is not coming on the program, uh, but Bill Eigel uh, will. Uh, also, uh, we're going to talk about a piece Tucker Carlson uh, dropped that I read that was really intriguing a bombshell about January 6th. This is The Gary Nolan Show. It is 9.35. Glad to have you with us. Uh, coming up at 10.05, or maybe a little before that, just may, maybe 10 minutes to, uh, to 10, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Tucker Carlson uh, be talking about January 6th and some details that uh, he has released that I think are really uh, fascinating. But we'll get to that later. Right now, uh, we have Senator Bill Igle on the program. Senator Igel is on here because he is a senator in the state of Missouri, I am curious to get his take on current events, and that is the only reason that Senator Eigel is on board with us. Senator, welcome to the program. the The new session is uh, starting. Have you introduced anything? Have you sent any bills to the legislature? Yes, yeah, as a matter of fact. Good morning,
2: Happy New Year, Gary. And uh, we've sent a lot of a lot of bills to the legislature so far. And by the way. They're all awesome. The first of which... which <laughs> if you dare say so yourself. I only do good ones. I only do good <laughs> uh, But the first bill that I have, the first bill that's filed, it's actually already been referred to committee even, is a bill to get rid of personal property tax in the great state of Missouri so that we don't have to continue paying rent for the crime of owning a car. first thing that I'm focused on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, along with a bill that would protect uh, Missouri farmland from being bought by foreign countries. Uh, I've got a bill that would make gold and silver legal tender mm-hmm. in the state of Missouri so that we always have a hedge against all this inflationary spending going on in Washington, D.C. Uh, we've got a lot of good things that we're trying to accomplish this year. And really, the only thing that's standing in our way is a kind of a status quo that that has formed down in Jefferson City that doesn't like us doing these big red Republican things. So uh, we've got a lot of battles ahead, I think, even over the next few months. But, uh, hey, we're ready to get started.
0: On this uh, uh, foreign countries buying land uh, where does the governor the, uh stand on that
2: so you know I, I he's been pretty silent i believe it or not It was just last week that he finally came out and said uh, that he would support, he had had an executive order that would support uh, having a couple countries not buy further land in the state of Missouri. Unfortunately, the executive order that he he put out was so weak that uh, it wouldn't stop any of the terrorist organizations from countries that are known uh, to be adversarial to the United States of America from buying our farmland in this state. So it was really a do-nothing burger that felt felt more like a political stunt than anything else, and this is the first we've heard from him in all the years that we've been talking about this issue, which is not surprising because it was Mike Parson and Mike Keogh back in 2013 that actually voted to allow foreign countries to start buying our farmland in the first place. Before 2013, foreign countries couldn't buy any farmland. And after Mike Kehoe and Mike Parson took a vote in 2013 to increase the limit from 0% to 1%, more than a quarter million acres of ground can now be bought by foreign entities. So he kind of started the problem. He's been silent. And now I just feel like he's doing kind of a political stunt here. Uh, I've got a constitutional amendment that'll do two things. One, it'll prohibit the sale of any of our farmland to any foreign country. shouldn't have any foreign country controlling our food supply and secondly uh, it'll require current foreign owners to divest themselves of ownership of Missouri ground within the next two years so uh, it's something that's actually it's got teeth to it uh, unlike what we're seeing for the governor and uh, uh, I just wish we could have a bit more action from our statewide officials
0: interesting what do you make of Blaine Lutkemeyer's uh, retirement
2: Uh, well, he's been in Congress a long time. Uh, you know, he's kind of become a household name. I, uh, I, I, You know, there's a lot of folks talking about Blaine. I think that his departure uh, is going to lead to a lot of folks being interested in that seat. And and certainly we need folks uh, in Washington, D.C. that have conservative principles, conservative values uh, that are going to uh, fight for uh, the state, uh, the state of Missouri. So uh, I think ultimately uh, Blaine leaving office is a good thing. It's going to open up uh, hopefully a path for somebody uh, to come in uh, and be very successful at advancing the, the cause of liberty Uh, maybe join in the Freedom Caucus up in Washington, D.C. I know we've been talking about that
0: here in the state level. There is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm pretty sure I'm not, there is legislation uh, that has been introduced that would correct a couple of problems uh, with our uh, Second Amendment uh, 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 positions in the state of Missouri. For instance, uh, it would allow people who are concealed carry permit holders to ride public transportation. Uh, uh, Where do you stand on that?
2: Well I, I I support that. Uh you know I I I I I've, I, I've always felt that the idea that shall not be infringed is pretty self-explanatory. And so you ought to, the, the reason that you should be able to carry a firearm to, for personal security at all places should include uh, public transit. You know, Bob Onder, former Senator Bob Onder actually carried this legislation uh, for several years and we couldn't get any movement on it. So uh, I've never, I've never wavered in my support of that. I've also got a bill, speaking of the second amendment, uh, I've also got a bill that would prohibit red flag laws and red flag databases in the state of Missouri. And you So uh, both of those issues, the reason we haven't gotten those done already, Gary, because we have all these Republicans down in Jefferson City, is they keep getting derailed by Republicans. In fact, my anti-red flag law uh, last year got voted down in the in the Senate General Laws Committee because two state senators, Republican state senators, uh, Lincoln Huff and Mike Sirapoy, uh refused to support it. Mike Searpoy skipped the hearing so he wouldn't have to vote on it. And Lincoln Huff actually voted against the bill. So uh, the problems in Jefferson City really have nothing to do with there's too many Democrats derailing our legislation. We've got too many Republicans that just refuse to be who they promised they would in campaign season.
0: One of the uh, pieces of legislation the Republicans managed to, uh, to get uh, uh, into law deals with prescription drugs. And if you're in chronic pain uh, and you want to get um, a, a, an opioid or whatever from your doctor, you've hurt your back, whatever it is, uh, the, the state wants to keep track of this. And I think that's an invasion of my privacy. Yep. Uh, where do you stand on that? I agree with
2: you. Uh, you're talking about the PDMP database, right. the prescription drug monitoring database. I, I was opposed to that. I voted against that. It is absolutely an invasion of our privacy, uh, and this was another uh, bill that was not driven by Democrats. It was driven by Republicans. Uh, and so I think that there we have a real we have a re, we have a conversation going on in this state right now, Gary. On uh, the question is not whether or not the people of Missouri believe in the Republican platform and brand and the ideals of limited government, smaller government, lower taxes, uh, the the conversation we're having is, are the Republicans we're actually electing living up to those standards or not? And unfortunately, in too many cases, and the PDMP database is a great example of that. You know, Missouri was the last state in the union to adopt a PDMP database. So we had actually held out longer than everybody else. But we had Republicans finally driving us uh, into passing that legislation, and now we have it today. So uh, we've got to be better as Republicans. And uh, Gary, you know I've been traveling the state, uh, and I hear from Republicans every single day that they're furious with Republicans that are either doing nothing – or moving us in the wrong direction, the opposite direction, of less liberty, uh, of more government, which is precisely what we didn't promise in campaign season. That's why Republicans are so angry. And I tell you, for those Republicans out there that are angry and frustrated, I want them to know you're not alone. There are millions of us out there that are frustrated. And I think 2024 is going to be a real reckoning for uh, the folks that have really betrayed the people that voted for.
0: Uh, you can send a message to me by going to GaryNolan.com. Uh, Brandon uh, sent me a message and uh, I don't know if I should read this on the air I don't want you to get a big head uh, it says uh, Bill Igle is the exact type of politician we need, no more boomers no more rhinos, America first baby, thank you Bill uh, alright, I liked it alright, let's go, let's go Brandon <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man oh, you should have said that boy, the Democrats are going to get a hold of that and they're going to play it all over the place out of context Oh, because that's the way they play. Uh, All right, uh, Senator Eigel, thank you for being with us. Wish you the best of luck. We'll chat with you again next week. Awesome. Thanks, Gary. We'll talk soon. Have a great morning. All right, you too. Take care. Senator Bill Eigel, on The Gary Nolan Show. January 6th, Tucker Carlson's latest bombshell. I was reading this, and I was, well, fascinated by it. Details coming up. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It is 949. Glad to have you with us. Coming up at 1030, Jennifer Bukowski is going to be with us. Brilliant criminal defense attorney and uh, someone who keeps her fingers on the pulse of uh, what's out there in the zeitgeist. She is going to uh, talk about this this teacher who apparently was being intimate with a 16-year-old student and... Let me just throw in that the father was aware of this and was okay with it. Um, here in Missouri, by the way, just just so you know. Uh, so uh, we'll uh, we'll get into that. Uh, then there is uh, apparently Clay Higgins is a Republican from Louisiana was uh, on Tucker Carlson uh, on, on Tucker Carlson's uh, web show, whatever, uh, and and he has uh, been investigating the Capitol riot the quote-unquote insurgency. And he, uh, he said that there were at least 200 FBI assets embedded in the crowd inside and outside the Capitol building. So we believe there were easily 200 FBI uh, undercover assets operating in the crowd outside of the Capitol embedded into the groups that entered the Capitol or provoked entry of the Capitol Given the scope of the operation and the number of doors where entry was allowed or even encouraged and the number of people that were actually outside the Capitol and uh, entered, we believe 200 is a conservative number. Uh, Higgins said that based on the evidence he's reviewed, the FBI worked with local law enforcement, including the Capitol Police. Uh, The undercover agents, Higgins said, dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol because those were the guys that knew their way around the Capitol. Now, I don't know how many of you have been through the Capitol, but I have. Uh, And I mean uh, deep into the Capitol. Uh, I was uh, the president of a government watchdog group and as such went to the Capitol to lobby uh, senators and, and members of the House. And they got an underground railway and tunnels. And, I mean, you got to know your way around. How did these people find their way around? Somebody, a lot of somebodies, had to know something about how to get where they were going. Um, Higgins said, uh, at one point, Higgins made... Uh, uh, It's highly improbable that civilians would know how to get around the Capitol without help from people who knew where they were going. And I'm telling you, he's he's absolutely right. So then I start thinking the FBI was upset with Donald Trump. I mean, after all, he had just uh, canned their leader, exposed them in some cases... uh, for the biased investigators that they were, maybe they just decided to get even. I don't know. I I have no idea how much of this is true, but it does make an awful lot of sense to me. There's no way they come in some random door that gets opened and then get their way directly to Statuary Hall or the House chamber or the Senate chamber. It's just not possible, he told uh, Higgins told Carlson. The FBI assets that were dressed as Trump supporters that were inside the Capitol were there, I believe, and evidence indicates that they were there, to specifically wave in the Trump supporters that had gathered outside the Capitol. I don't know. It makes sense to me. I've been in the Capitol. I've wandered around. I was... Uh, I was living in Washington D.C. President of Capital Watch, uh, going through the halls. You got to know your way around that place. How did they do it? Is it po- I mean, it's. I guess it's. Enti- it is possible, uh, but it's improbable that these people <laughs> flew in from all over the country and were able to gain access as uh, re- as rapidly as they did. Eight seven four ninety three ninety eight hundred five two nine five five seven two, Uh Or you can go to garynolan.com if you want to comment on this. Also, we've got a story about a dog uh, who had an unusual, well, an unusually expensive meal. We'll tell you about that. Uh, but first, let me go to the phones. Ann is on the line. Good morning.
3: Good morning, Gary. Um, there's something more explosive than that story. Tucker Carlson did an interview with gentleman Brett Weinstein. He is an evolutionary biologist, and he was on the board and also a biology professor at I think it's Evergreen University. Watch his interview with Mr. Weinstein regarding COVID and the vaccination. Not, I'm not going to call them vaccinations, the the jabs, whatever you want to call it, and what he thinks went on regarding the pharmaceutical companies and the the whole COVID experience. Um, it's a very well-rounded interview. And um, he describes a lot of different things that are, to put it, very mildly disturbing. But I think that's much more prov- provocative and um, important not that the January 6th stuff is not. I kind of watched some of that interview, too. This is more disturbing. Um, everybody. I, I was actually thinking of running out of room at our library and showing this to people if they would show up. because Suppose, they continue,
0: suppose uh, and that the federal government, A, didn't give money to uh, private industry or to foreign countries. And B, didn't protect vaccine makers from litigation. And C, let people make their own choices.
3: Would the outcome be, uh, be different in your mind? Well, he described this as the pharmaceutical, he, he goes into details, and the pharmaceutical companies had the technology for a certain type of quote-unquote vaccine or mRNA technology. And certain conditions were not, if they put it out at, before COVID hit, they wouldn't have been able to get it get it out because there were conditions that existed in that technology <clears throat> that were harmful.
0: Yeah, but Along- my point here, my point, oh. I, and I got to interrupt you because I'm, I'm going to run out of time here. But my point is, if the federal government hadn't invested in these private organizations with your money that they gave to this lab in China to create the virus, if they hadn't given money to the pharmaceutical industry, your money, without your permission, if they hadn't gotten involved in uh, determining the efficacy of drugs, and it was totally free market, do you think we would have even had the pandemic?
3: Well, you know what, Gary? Uh, I can't change the past. I can only change the future. Uh, no, but you can I mean, change can... the
0: future if you recognize that the enemy
3: is the government. It is, and he he pretty much names that. This man is not doing this for publicity. He doesn't need it. He's well known, and he's a very mild mannered. But the interview is it, it's intriguing. It's it, it answers many many questions. And it basically proves that our government is our enemy. And I'm sorry, Gary, nobody's out there for some reason not wanting to say this. Based on the evidence that we know so far, I can't not say that they're trying to kill us. I'm sorry, I know it's provocative. Nobody wants to say it. it. You look at the evidence in front of your face. What other conclusion can we come to? It wasn't that they they didn't know what they were doing. These people knew this technology, and they knew what it could do and what it couldn't do.
0: Imagine, imagine, too, one more aspect of this. You've got Social Security on a collision course. Senior citizens um, are just outstripping the money that's that's in reserve. And if a bunch of them die off...
3: Hmm. Hmm.
0: You well, get it. Gary, All
3: right. I'll defend it. This is it's a means to a whole lot of and, and the pathetic thing is they are still recommending this for children.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't take it anymore. And thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. An expensive meal for a dog, among other things, coming up in the next few minutes on the Gary Nolan Show. Zimmer Radio Network.